Hi there, I'm Liam Garrity and welcome to Inside Intercom. On this week's show, we're talking to Gainsight PX CTO and founder Mickey Alon. Gainsight's product experience software is all about driving customer engagement and satisfaction. Before joining Gainsight, Mickey was CEO and founder at Aptrinsic, which was acquired by Gainsight in 2018. Mickey also co-authored the book Mastering Product Experience in SaaS, how to deliver personalized product experiences with a product-led strategy. On today's episode, Mickey defines what product-led growth means to him, his advice on aligning the business model with customer expectations, the importance of cross-functional teams, as well as where you should start when planning your roadmap for growth. So let's head over to studio to meet Mickey Alon. Mickey, welcome to the show. We're delighted to have you. Thank you for having me. So first off, could you give me a sense of your career journey so far? Like, where did it all start for you? Uh, well, it started when I was, uh, I think, uh, 12 or 13, starting coding. So I fell in love with, uh, you know, uh, what the computer can do. But uh, then, you know, when I did my computer science and then MBA, I realized that uh, I actually want to build uh, software solutions. And so coming from engineering to starting my own company back in 2012, the first solution I built, I bootstrapped a company with a best friend from high school. And what we've built back then is brand experience. And it was the amazing journey to build a solution, to build a company, to actually build a marketing automation type of solution it was an amazing journey. I was born in Tel Aviv. Israel and moved to the Bay 10 years ago. And uh, yeah, the first company was acquired by Marketo and I joined Marketo for three years leading their global uh, product development team, which was an amazing experience to see how a public company is basically becoming the leader in, in market automation, mm. customer experience. But then I saw that, you know, we, we took product decisions without a lot of data. And we also tried to, we saw that it's much cheaper and more efficient to actually sell to our existing customer versus acquiring new customer. So we tried to do it the way Marketo did it, which is mostly email channel. And I saw that this is not really effective. Like the message your existing customer through email is going to be very problematic. So it led me to actually build the new solution, which is called Gainsight PX, the product experience management that is helping you understand usage data with product analytics and also allows you to message your user at the right time to drive adoption or trial conversion or expansion. That's great. How are you finding the Bay Area at the minute? Uh, pretty good. You know, I've been here for 10 years already, but uh, it's it's amazing to see how much innovation going on and, and great weather as well. <laughs> That's always a bonus. So. Today, I'd love to talk about how to, you know, create a growth engine and how customer success, marketing and product teams, you know, can partner to make that a success. So first of all, and I always like to ask this, like, how do you define product-led growth yourself? That's a great question. And I wrote a book about that. It's, it's available for free at gainset.com. It's called Mastering Product-Led Growth. So I co-authored that book almost five years ago, and it's still very, very relevant. The way I see product growth is a capital efficient way to both deliver better experience through your product, but also drive customer acquisition, onboarding, adoption, 
uh, and expansion. Basically, it's, it's a full customer lifecycle strategy, not just customer acquisition and not just freemium, for example. And the reason is because in SaaS solution, you need to retain your customers in order to thrive. And some of the SaaS solutions also have a component of usage as part of their pricing model. So when you're driving adoption, you make your customers stickier, but also you actually increase revenue by or, organically because they're going to use your solution and utilize it more. So I think it's a, it's a holistic strategy that basically combines go-to-market with product strategy. Yeah, so where does the B2B customer journey come into all of this? So in the B2B SaaS, we're seeing the consumerization of SaaS, meaning that uh, more and more B2B SaaS realize that they need to deliver a more customer grade or customer experience in a B2C level, meaning that usability and time to value is becoming critical to chief product officers. Because guess what? If you're a complex product, customers might not even evaluate your solution. So B2B is now way more aware around how to deliver better experience and time to value is tied to that. Usability is tied to that. So it becomes a, a North Star for these type of companies. And PLG for them is to make sure that maybe looking at the deeper parts of the funnel, maybe not potentially doing a, a freemium or free trial, but definitely focusing on how do I drive stickiness? How do I drive feature awareness? There's a big discoverability gap in SaaS B2B. Most of your customers might not know the full extent of your product. In fact, we know that you know most of your users might not know around 20 to 30% of your feature set, right? They, they might know 60%, but the rest they might not know or not use it. So in SaaS B2B, the goal is to make sure that you're able to deliver that solution, but also making sure that your customers are aware and are able to use and are using your solution because that will drive the retention number and outcome for your customers. So SaaS B2B definitely are looking for ways to do that at scale because one of the challenges is how do you do it at scale without hiring an army of, of customer right. success? Especially now with the market condition, you can't hire as much as you'd like. So there's a lot of hiring freeze but you still need to cater to growing number of customers or existing number of customers. So there's a lot of uh, elements of how can you do more with less? And one of the ways to do it is to actually leverage your product as a vehicle to drive that motion. You can use it as a channel to message your users. You can use the usage data to understand what they struggle with. And B2B, the journey is just longer. Yeah. And you tend to have different personas as well, right? It's not just one simple app. It's actually a journey and it's, it's, it tends to be, it starts simple, but ends up being complex. And for that, you need to have more and more data-driven approach to drive the right decisions. And so we know that like a lot of the customer experience happens within a product. Is that something right. that businesses should be paying more attention to than perhaps they are? Absolutely. I think that if you look at what happened Historically, and again, coming from Marketo, customer experience was all about top of funnel because it's coming from the perpetual license model. You basically learn about a solution online and then you download the solution and it's a kind of a perpetual license model. We don't need to worry about your adopting it or renewing it. SaaS came and it created different dynamics. You, you basically 
not just want to learn, you actually want to try the solution, right? And then we need to also make sure that we retain you. So customer mm. experience overall is becoming critical and you want to meet customers where they are and actually what they do is interact with your product. So we can still see that companies use extensive email messaging, but not paying attention to the actual product usage data and seeing what customers and what outcome customers are driving with a solution, which is really critical when you think about that, because if they don't use your solution, you kind of have a leaky bucket and you're going to discover that you're, you know, spending so much effort to acquiring new customers, but not uh, retaining them. So I think uh, marketing, for example, needs to get visibility to yeah. an understanding of that customer journey. And the majority of the customer journey, if you think about it, as soon as they buy your SaaS solution, their journey is in your solution. Most of the touch points is in the product. So how do you leverage that data to create that uh, experience for them? And then how do you look at expansion, cross-sell and upsell in a different lens? Today, I think uh, most of the companies, they measure pipeline, they measure MQL, SQL on the customer acquisition side. Very few are also measuring pipeline on cross-sell and upsell. Uh, many uh, solutions in B2B also did not look at their pricing strategy mm. and saying, hey, do we have a path for an easier land and then expand, which kind of fits better into the customer needs, right? So because yeah. today still, they would sell the house and everything you need for the next five years, but that creates a lot of friction. So if you can say, hey, you can actually, I can sell you a smaller version of that and then you're moving the funnel into the second phase and then marketing and customer success are a big part of that second phase because they own that expansion pipeline and making sure that you're actually experiencing the outcome from the product. And off the back of that, I mean, what advice would you give on aligning the business model with customer expectations? So customer expectation is, is obviously they want to uh, pay for what they use, uh, right? They don't necessarily want to kind of pay upfront for things that they won't be able to use so quickly, right? Because, mm -hmm. uh, hey, you know, it's going to take time to adopt your solution. So one of the elements is, is the pricing model should, should be easier to consume and say, hey, I can start simple. And then also customer expectation is to be more self-sufficient. They don't want to reach out to support and customer success every time they need to learn something and do something. So customer expectation is, again, uh, they want the power that you, you know, to, to get their job done. It's not just about simple, because if you just do simple, very quickly, they'll have uh, expectation for more powerful features, especially in B2B, because they, they have just more complex goals. Yeah. So for expectation perspective, things that should be simple, should be, you know, something that sh should be intuitive in your UI, but they also want you to have, give them all the things they can learn and use by themselves to be self-sufficient be before they reach out to you. They will want to reach out to you when it comes to like expansion and, and or very complex use cases when they want the best practice. And again, the more you can do for self-service, the better the experience is. And today we can see examples that people actually buying Tesla through the app. And guess what? It's much cheaper for Tesla to do it as opposed to have an army of salespeople. They're not bounded to any salespeople 
showing you the car. You can actually open the mobile app and just the buy, but it's actually a better experience because you can you know, look at that, you understand the pricing, you can customize that. So you will still go to the dealership, you know, yeah. and then and get the, but the first experience is actually great. And you actually end up buying, uh, it's a big decision and you actually do it that with a better experience because it's a kind of a self-serve motion. Sure. And I think B2B need to be the same thing, like basic stuff. I want to learn. I want to do it myself. I want to master that. And when I have questions, then it's where I do value the somewhere like human touch that can reach out. And but it's it's not for basic elements. Uh, it's more more around like future questions and best practices. I'm just going to pause the podcast there for a second to tell you that the Intercom Customer Service Trends Report 2024 is out now. We asked 2,000 plus customer service teams across the globe how they are meeting the challenges and opportunities of 2024. In it, you'll see this year's top five customer service trends plus strategies to meet rising customer expectations. You can find the report at inter.com forward slash 2024 trends. Okay, back to today's episode. One thing we often hear on this podcast, like time and time again, is the importance of cross-functional teams. Like, why do you think they're so vital, you know, in, in this process? Yeah, uh, so companies that still working in, in silos, and I think that uh, SaaS and PLG cannot be successful if you're not breaking these silos, because if you still... Let's say you're, you're trying to lead with your product and drive adoption or conversion and everything, but still you have this like sales process and marketing are only looking at MQLs and they're not aware of the product usage. They cannot do effective customer marketing because they just don't know what's going on with the product. They don't know how many trials, how many qualified trials are there, how many people are ready for expansion. So the cross-functional alignment is really critical. And the number one thing is to align around key KPIs and also aligning around the customer journey and the value for the customer. Uh, one of the ways to do it is to at least start with Tiger teams that you have a representative from each cross-functional team, from sales, marketing, product are key, uh, in that case, and customer success. And then you decide like what would be the KPIs. For example, if you start with customer acquisition, Marketing needs to know and sales needs to know how many active tries you have and how are they trending and who should they speak with. And you can apply a PQL model. Mm. If it goes to retention and expansion is what are the key outcome and feature usage that you want to define. So it's a goal for your customer success. It's a goal for your marketing to message around. And you can use the actual usage data to see this is like working. This is yeah. when you do message, you see adoption is getting up and then you can drive those expansion because sales need to know, hey, this customer is actually ready for a conversation because they, they're healthy and they hit the threshold of usage. So it requires a cross-functional alignment or what is the customer journey and what are the KPIs in each stage that we are all aligned towards like, where should people start if they're thinking about this when planning their roadmap for growth? And like, are there any like solid steps for creating a product-led strategy? Absolutely. I think it's uh, first, I would start with looking at the data and 
trying to decide what to optimize. If you're an early stage company, it's mostly around product market fit. And you can start with a trial experience and trying to figure out, you know, what keeps customers in the product, what makes them come back. But that's more challenging area. Mm. If you're a more mature company, starting PLG might be even to focus on later stages of the funnel. Because you might be doing okay or doing well in customer acquisition and, and potentially you don't want to start changing everything. You cannot start changing pricing and the way sales behave and marketing behave. So a great way to start PLG in SaaS B2B and more mature solution is actually starting from retention, adoption, or expansion. These are easier to start mm-hmm. with because you can say, hey, we know well, what drives outcome. We know what core functionality we expect customers to use. Let's start measure that and let's see who, who needs help from customer success and then who is ready for a conversation. So you can start from the data. You can start from the area of the funnel that you're going to get the bigger impact if you optimize that. So when you think about roadmap, obviously, if I start from retention, I know I'm kind of preventing leaky bucket. I can see which customers using what, uh, which customers are actually reaching their desired outcome and which one don't. And I can actually fix area of the product or build functionality around that and prioritize that better than just throwing new features. Um, and marketing would love to do better customer marketing if they have the right data right. in the deep side of the funnel. And obviously, sales are always uh, happy to understand how, how their customers and book of business is doing. Just before we wrap up, I was wondering, do you have any strategic advice kind of you know, for this area? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's like uh, when you start a PLG first, you want to put a, a specific owner. It tends to be coming from the product leadership roles so because they, they need to understand the, the product deeply. So you want to put that owner and that profile should be someone that would work potentially with the CEO or with the founder. They should be entitled to drive quicker decisions, run experiments, should have background in data analysis, so can really be data-driven, but they are also ready to kind of challenge any consensus and run experiments and figure out what would be the optimal outcome. And they should be, you know, very good communicators as well. And they can lead that virtual team and and get this cross-functional alignment in place and eventually drive that uh, change toward building a more uh, what we call is a durable growth motion because product-led growth is actually a efficiency plus better experience, right? which means to me durable, right? You want to have, want yeah. to build a sustainable business. So I think strategically putting an owner, getting the buying from the executive uh, is really critical and starting where it really maximizes the outcome. So starting, for example, with adoption and retention might, because uh, any point you improve in, your growth revenue retention or net revenue retention is going to worth a lot to the business, mm. right? It's just like very impactful. And it's easier because you're not changing the way cross-functional team behave. So strategically putting the owner and starting there is, is the best way to start. And then going backwards towards the potentially trial or multi-product or pricing and packaging and so forth. Brilliant. So what's next for you? What's next for Gainsight? Is there any kind of big plans or projects coming up? Absolutely. So we are, as you know, Gainsight has three platforms, I would say. We have the customer success platform, 
We have the product experience platform mm-hmm. that is everything about the product itself. And now we have the community yes. platform that allows you to engage. Now our goal is to create a more native interoperability. So um, basically drinking our own champagne, making sure that customers are able to start simple and we have a, a simplified version of the customer success platform. For example, we call it Essentials. So it, it's easier to start. PX is also have a, a simpler package to start with. But as you grow and, and you build this durable growth in your business, we want to be there to help you. And so our goal is how do we make this interoperability very smooth and kind of really building that modular experience to support our customers. And as you know, it, it requires a platform strategy. It requires, yeah. you know, go to market. It requires our customer success to know all the solutions. It requires sales to know all the solutions. Yep. So <laughs> it's a lot, it's a lot to go through, but it's our goal. And, and that's the challenge. We, we like, you know, hard challenges. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It sounds great. And so yeah. lastly, like where can people go to keep up with you and your work online? Best way is to kind of connect with me in LinkedIn. I tend to kind of publish in Twitter and LinkedIn our and the next webinars. We do at least like twice a month around product-led growth, around durable growth or digital customer success. We have a lot of content on our website. You can check out and it's available on demand. So any of these channels are available. Brilliant. That's great. I'll make sure to link to all of them in the show notes and the free book, which is great as well. Mickey, thank you so much for talking to me today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Mickey Alon. If you did, I'd love if you could let other like-minded folks out there know about it by posting it on social. You'll find Intercom on Twitter, at Intercom, and of course on LinkedIn. I'll be back next week with another great episode. I do hope you'll join us. This is Inside Intercom.